Hello, good afternoon, good evening, good morning. Uh, this is a Gunnerstown pub podcast. So please bear in mind, we've just watched the game. We're going to go through the game. We might get a little bit animated with our, our, our language and obviously we've all had a few drinks here as well. Uh, well, we beat for them 3-0. Uh, yeah, great start really. Uh, we'll start off with the uh, the lineup. A few people started having a whinge about with the lineup. El Nini starting. Uh, pretty much expected that Willian would start and he was in for Pepe. Uh, Gabriel started as well. And there was no Martinez, Ozil or Guendouzi uh, in the starting lineup. So, uh, what was everyone's thoughts for your game? Shall I go first? Because I yeah, think that, I've got to be honest, I was surprised to see Gabriel. I thought we'd have William Saliba in there because he's been at the club longer. Yeah. Gabriel has only just recently joined. He's the he's the older of the two and perhaps he's played more games. So on paper, it looked a little bit more like it makes sense once it got into it. But I thought it would be Saliba first. Saliba not even in the squad, but I guess that just shows the wealth of... Um, of depth of players and quality players that we've got. We've got a I thought we'd say though, Chris, as well. Uh, I'll touch in the press. The presser was talking about Saliba needing to be integrated slowly, and he was just talking that way. And I guess nobody really picked up, and I didn't pick up on it, but um, that must have been alluding to today, you know. Yeah, I was surprised to see Mohamed Elneny, and I was surprised to see. I thought we'd see Pepe. It, I don't know why. I thought we'd see Pepe instead of Willian because. I thought that he'd ease him in, but what we saw today shows that he didn't need to ease him in at all, did he? Nah. And I think um, I'm glad I saw William starting, to be honest. Um, <clears throat> I like the competition that's happening there and the intimations that William would somehow be like a squad player or like a second string player. The guy's just, he's just got too much experience. <laughs> and he's, you know, he's done more in, in like a game than I think Ozil did all of last season. <laughs> Yeah, well, again, yeah. Paul, we had the situation last year. That's what Arteta said in the press, didn't he? He said that William, he said he can't have a creative player that's 2021. 20, he needs a player that's ready to go and step in. And that's exactly what we saw, isn't it? Oh, no. Well, it's fucking brilliant. Let's be honest. Do you know what I mean? Let's, let's, not, mix, let's not mix our words. Do you know what I mean? I had the free, kick, the free kick that came off the post, I know we'll probably touch on some of those kind of things later. Yeah. But that's, I mean, I just. To have somebody like that in the team that 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 can do that, it, it's ridiculous. I mean, it was it was such an amazing kick. It really was. I say, I don't think anyone. I don't. No, no one's surprised. I mean, Martinez is rumoured that uh, Brighton Villa and indeed another unknown club are putting in for him. So, whether or not there's an issue with him, or whether or not he's just getting kicked <laughs> off the bench because that's an imminent transfer. Like I say, we'll probably have to leave that to a blog where we're not talking about the game. Ozil, no surprise, not there. Guendouzi, no surprise, not there. Right, let's move on to the formation. Now, we could do... I mean, we're going to stick to try and do these half-hour pods, which is bloody difficult, do you know what I mean? But we're going to try and do it, gents, do you know what I mean? The form, I've got the notes about the formation. Now, me and Mike can talk formation, and probably Paul and Chris as well, for, until probably about next Thursday, right? So, if we just leave it to the fact that the formation... The notes I've got here from the game, formation with the ball was a 4-3-3. Formation without the ball was a 5-2-3. The times I've changed my mind about what formation we actually had was about 2-4-4. So I think it's pretty much keen to say, and hopefully you boys agree with me, that the formation was very, very fluid today and very organised. And I think that's only down to one man, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's been that way, uh, 
Gab for, since the restart in particular, since he's got this team organised. We've seen, um, it's, it's hard actually, unless you watch it twice. You, you've done a good job there, Gab, picking that out because I've got all kinds of notes for the blog I'm about to write, but I did not pick up so much on what you picked up on there uh, because it changes so often the game. That's what I do notice is because I see players picking up new positions, whether it's Xhaka in the middle, Xhaka back in the back three, building up play, that lovely ball to Aubameyang in the first half came from there. And the thing just is this hybrid thing. We are now a hybrid team. That's our label, I think. And and Arteta's wanting players that can play different positions, who are fluid. He's changing it throughout the game. The players, I think, after a while, are shifting themselves without the instruction. So that's what I'm seeing. Yeah, perfect example of that. Sorry, Gav. Um, to add to that, Mike, is, um, is I'm seeing, um, you know, from the different opposition that we're up against, I see that Arteta has given very specific tasks to certain players, even from Lacazette to Nketiah to Anzi like they will shadow a person and, 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 and they're following and they're man-marking and, they, and they, they're picking up their player and they're indicating at what point you now take over this guy, he's in your zone, and I'm going to switch to this other guy. And yeah. so, so we're not overlapping too much, you know? And that communication, I thought, was amazing because there's, there's a lot of following people around, but there was also a lot of communication about, you got the wide player, I'm going to stay here. Or, you you know, I'm, I'm on this guy. So that, that was good to see. There's, apart from yeah, this on top of that point, Paul, I would even add, just to build, build on that thought, I love what Paul said there. And, you know, I've been thinking for a while, what an advantage... It is that there's no crowd for Arteta at this moment because I think Paul said on Twitter, I was reading at halftime his, his tweets, and I think it was Paul who, who mentioned that how loud Arteta is, um, you know, he can be heard. And, of course, he's constantly coaching. And so during this period where he's got a brand-new team and a brand-new coach and brand-new style, he's able to help these boys, just like Paul said. And and this is uh, been assisted by the fact that there's no crowd noise for them. Mm-hmm. I think one of the things that I found fascinating was um, the position that Ainsley Maitland-Niles took up at times because he was almost oh, acting like an inside oh, forward mate. at times, which I found really interesting because there was a multiple times when Aubameyang is actually further out wide than Maitland-Niles is and Maitland-Niles is in between Aubameyang and Lacazette. I thought that was fascinating. But this rotation of players and positions was really evidenced, I think, in the second half. You know, when Aubameyang was put through, I think it was by William, and he went around the keeper and that guy, Hector, who I think should have been sent off for a clear push in, you know, he was already on the yellow, but he rounded the keeper and Hector headed it off the line. But actually, that run, Aubameyang started his run from central. Now, we're all led to believe, and I've got a, you know, a phone which has got my, uh, the formations on it, that we've got Aubameyang playing on the left. And everyone's talking about how Aubameyang, you know, he wants to play central. Well, he was playing central in that position. So I think this fluidity has probably helped Arteta's discussion with him to say, look, you're not, you're not going to play left wing. You, my formations, I've got Ainsley Mate and Niall playing. Niall's playing inside you at times. I've got Xhaka playing as a centre-half or a left-back. Like, this is fluid. This is rotational. And that's yeah. probably why Aubameyang's loving it. Amen. Yeah, no, so I mean, I mean, to give another example of what you just said there, Chris, and like I say, because I'm playing host, I've, I've written notes. On the 15th minute, there was a great example of that, but actually with Bellerin on the other side, uh, where Bellerin's actually sort of, the ball's gone forward, and Bellerin, he, he's sort of almost in the middle of the pitch. And he's sort of like, as a dagger, like, ball to him that went out wide, and he's sort of like done a diagonal run towards the wing. And he's just sort of opening up. It's 
it's this whole, and again, like I say, we could probably speak an hour on whether or not players were playing as fullbacks, wingbacks, or inverted fullbacks. And there were some points in the second half, which I really enjoyed, where we had both left side and the right side. We had both Bellerin, Maitland-Niles, literally in the middle of the park. Yeah. So it, it, it anyways, right. First goal, Paul. Uh, we're going to put that. We're going to let you talk us through the first goal. Eight minutes. Go for it. That was a couple of chins ago. All I, all I remember. <laughs> all I remember is you know, really, I'm working it really nicely out to the left hand side, um, and and then it cut back in, and there was a bit of a goal mark scuffle, and I think William came really, really close to scoring there. Keeper got a hand to it. And um, Lacazette was luckily onside when William toe-poked it, and so he kind of tapped it into the net. It was, I mean, it was it was a it was a great goal, and I think it had been it had been building up. I mean, we were, in the minute before that, I think that they'd had a pretty good chance. I think that Leno had saved, so it was one of those moments where we've turned like you know like a really poor um, kind of event into some you know we've done like a complete flip and and maximised you know the yeah. turning. And, and scoring it, a goal. It, so. it, I mean, the, the whole of the first half was close position-wise. I mean, I think we edged it by 52 to 48%, and or 51 and a half, whatever, whatever website you're reading. So it was close. It was close for that. I don't think we. I mean, I, I sort of come out of the first half thinking I wish we'd got more possession, Chris. Did you, or mm. was you just kind of happy with how it was going? Uh, do you know what? Exactly the same. Fulham, I was really surprised because Fulham last season were a possession-based football team and I thought to myself, there's no way they're going to play us and try and keep the ball on the carpet and try and um, just work the ball around us. But in the first, even in the first five minutes, up until when we scored the goal, I don't know how you feel about this and Mike, I guess you could jump in in a second as well on that, is I felt like they were working the ball really well, particularly on their right-hand side, now left-hand side. The amount of times it was the one-touch football that was coming inside and they were trying to get in behind and Tierney I was thinking to myself we could be in trouble there lads we could really be in trouble but I think we got the goal we start as soon as we got the goal it felt like we started to impose ourselves but up until that point and in the first half you know it possession wise it was pretty even wasn't it both teams uh both teams were playing one touch from the off that's uh one of my notes that I made is uh I've never seen Arsenal play that much one touch but both teams yeah and uh Chris makes a really good point there that it was on that left side and they got around um there was even a one-on-two, and they got around that and put a, a dangerous ball in. But so that could cause us trouble moving forward against a team that's uh, going to put more men, men in the box and be more dangerous in the final third. But that's—I uh, I heard a stat on the American feed here saying that they had more possession last season, Fulham, than any other team, which surprised me because of Leeds. But they had the fourth least chance creation, and they got to the playoffs. And you saw that today uh, with them. So. Um, you know, yeah, uh, they, were, they weren't creating much, were they? they like I say, even no. even the first half when they had like you know literally forty eight and a half percent possession, uh, they weren't. You know, it was down to our defending. Let's be honest, Mike. Yeah. I mean, this is that. This is our defending, mate. This is how our set was setting them up with almost another formation, which was it was almost a, a flat five. Yeah. Yeah. It was very. You know, small. Solid was the word today, wasn't it? We we didn't ever really look like we were going to concede. Uh, maybe, like Chris said, the opening uh, part of the game um, was a little edgy at times, but they still didn't look like they were going to score bar that Gabriel lack of communication. Um, 
So that's, I mean, welcome to the new Arsenal. Um, it's just, <laughs> it. do you know what? When, when fans talk, yeah, when fans talk about their team and talk on Arsenal, fans <laughs> talk about Arsenal, it's all, always talking about on the ball and moving forward. But I am now all on board and happy to talk about the fact that we looked like after that first goal that that game was over. And I don't remember that feeling for, well, since early Wenger. I think our structure, our structure in defence, it has been transformed. I mean, like, honestly, you can just see people, there's a comfort, there's a calmness. Um, and also, I mean, I have to point out, like, so many times when Fulham were looking like they were going to threaten, Aubameyang was back there. He was sometimes the last line of defence. He was back, you know, like, um, helping out with Tierney or whoever it was. Um, just, the, you know, the whole time, just running back, defending, running back, defending, just didn't, no questions asked. And that was, you know, it just all helps is that, that it's like you said, that flat five structure. And then these guys picking up the loose ball, not allowing them to turn, blocking off the, you know, the through balls and stuff. It was, it was good to see. I mean, the only thing that I've got written down in my notes from the second half is the free kick on the 25th minute. Uh, so, like I say, the, 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 which kind of goes to how the, the rest of the first half went. Uh, Free kick for uh, you know against uh, Lacazette on the edge of the box. Uh, our man Hector from Fulham received his first yellow on the 25th minute. I, do you know I mean, I think he probably done about another four fouls after that. Do you know I mean, I don't yeah. know how he stayed on the fucking pitch if I'm being honest. Anyway, Willian steps up, bangs it against the post. Uh, if anything, he hit it too well. He had a little bit too much curl on it. Oh yeah. But but I mean, it, it's. It seems to me, Chris, is that Willian is down to be doing all the corners, all the free kicks. I mean, he might be taking the fucking throw-ins in a minute. Do you know what I mean? Is, is, everything, is everything on Willian now? Oh, do you know what's interesting? I've got, certainly Willian, but do you notice as well, Tierney taking long throws. We are very yeah. adaptable. We've got Tierney taking long throws. You've got Pepe, who's got the, his style of striking the ball for, for corners. Is he takes that little yeah. sort of run up, and then he's very, very flat corner. So that's good. You've got William, who's got a slightly different approach in the way that he strikes the ball. So we've got variation in our team. Um, I think if I can just take a minute, just because you guys were talking about the defensive side of it, let's can we just wax lyrical for a minute on Gabriel? Because I didn't realise, I've read a few things and listened to a few things about how, you know, big lad, strong lad, good in the air. And I thought, OK, OK, well, we'll see. But he won a lot of his, I saw him not nod the ball away multiple times. But the thing that really impressed me is on Jules. He's like the anti-Mustafi. He just doesn't go down. He just stands up and says, go on then, beat me. Go on then, beat me. You can't beat me. See you later. Brilliant. I think he, I loved he, put, it. he put a marker down, didn't he? Because like literally the first the first sort of high ball that Fulham pumped in, you know, he won it. Yeah. I thought it literally I thought literally he'd had the measure of their centre forwards literally from about the fifth or sixth minute. So, I mean you, you, it's always going back to like you know the old fashioned days where Keanu Adams would stick one on them early. So, I mean that was the modern equivalent when he's got you know he's got a clean crisp header on it. Anyway, we're going to start with the uh, first half goes in. Second half, obviously, we're expecting some kind of reaction uh, uh, from Fulham. Uh, and, Chris, we've got you down to uh, 
to talk through the 47th and the 48th minute. <laughs> okay, so you're the way. Just for anybody that's listening, Gav is absolutely trying to chuck me a curveball here because I spend the entire <laughs> time on Twitter bemoaning Rob Holding's distribution. I thought Rob Holding, as a whole game, did all right. You know, he did all right, except he cannot pass his distribution. His, distri- his distribution is horrendous. It's horrendous. The first touch on the, in the first agenda, half agenda, was him putting agenda. it out, <laughs> putting it out for a goal kick. But let's talk. I'll talk, I'll talk nicely about Rob Holding though. His little juggle before we won the corner was fantastic. And okay. do you know what's interesting? Again, like like we were talking about players and positions. That's Rob Holding in the sort of just on the edge of the attacking third. That's our centre half in the edge of the attacking third. Yeah, he's in the number ten position, isn't he? Yeah, exactly. So we haven't got so so that was fantastic yeah. to see. And then the corner again, it's a really good ball from Willian. And I thought that Gabriel had just done a proper old school centre half, nod it in, like thumping header. And then you see it's off the shoulder and you're almost a bit like, Oh it just didn't feel as pure. Like as I thought they he just count. banged it they, between it, the keeper's leg. But they, they, fuck, they, they fucking count that they Chris. Come on. Yeah, well, to the ground, you can't, you can't beat that. So I'm going to give you one second, just one second, just because it's his debut and he scored a goal and all that stuff. But here's some of Gabriel's stats. Okay, so passes 107 out of 113, 94.7, most touches in Arsenal. Succeeded at 107. The six that he didn't succeed were forward passes, where he got 51 out of 57. Okay, um, as far as the defensive thing. Tackles, two out of two. Clearances, three out of three. Headed clearances, three out of three. Aerial duels, one out of two. And one foul committed and two suffered. I mean, for debut, that's, that's a pretty damn good thing. Can I just say, just, sorry, Mike, just for two secs. Um, do you think, again, I'll ask you, actually, I'll ask all of you guys this. Do you think we have to caveat it by saying it's only Fulham? No. No, it's, it's, no I mean, my, my one on that one uh, is... You don't really want to be going away to a team who have just been promoted. Yeah, they've got a lot, a lot to prove. You know I mean, they've got a lot to prove to themselves, their manager, etc. I, I think that was a, I think that's a potential banana skin, especially the way yeah. the Fulham are playing. Uh, yeah, but also because of a conspiracy, you know, it's exactly the kind of game that the planners would set up so that Arsenal could, you know, fall on their face in the first game and be at the bottom of the table, losing to a newly promoted side. You read, you can read these stories. You yeah, know that yeah. that's how it's set up. You know. Can I add to? Can I add to, uh, to Paul's uh, uh, thoughts on Gabriel? There was something that I noticed that a little tactical point that could completely transform Arsenal's season. And I don't know if it was intentional. I don't know if it's just his style or if he's been told to do this. Well, first of all, uh, to, to continue to to brag on him, he doesn't play centre-back of a back three. Or he didn't last year at Lille. So the fact that he's come in and he hasn't been asked to play on the left side of the of the central three and he's been asked to play in the middle, a brand new role, which is normally the guy that has to communicate and he can't speak English and he played that well. Oh, my gosh. But here's the, here's the piece that I picked up on. You remember last season how when um, they were countering us, David Luiz would drop off drop off and drop off and he'd bring everybody back with him. That didn't yeah. happen. Did you notice that? That's why they weren't given free pot shots at our goal. Gabriel would drop off and stop between the back of the centre circle and the top of our box so in that dead space about 40 yards down. Hold the line uh, because now we've got pace at the back. Um, in fact, we had 
pace always all throughout the whole entire back five without you know, protect holding out of the equation but he stopped and if, if we can continue to do that we'll continue to concede less opportunities on our goal this season and that's huge if we can yeah. uh, we can do that yeah and then yeah. what's going to be i mean sorry chris but leno you know playing in a slightly more advanced like sweeper keeper thing when that's happening too you know that also just gives us more options it's you know um covering that area and um yeah sorry chris no, I was just going to say, um, I got SofaScore as my um, as the app that I obviously look at from the stats perspective. And you see from the average playing positions how deeper Gabriel was, to, just to Mike's point, um, compared to the other two. So Tierney's obviously pushed out a little bit further left. You've got Holden that's pushed out a little bit closer towards El Elneny, who actually I thought, I'm not a fan of El Elneny. And um, a fellow... Um, uh, person of this uh, of this fraternity was would probably be spitting into his pint right now, but I actually thought he had a good game. Yeah, yeah he did. Yeah, no, the, other, the other piece with El Nenny, um that I noticed that Jacka uh, is Jacka's biggest struggle is that El Nenny opened his hips. Do you remember that free kick? Well, I guess it was the uh, the free kick that Willian hit the post. That was playing out from the back, and the ball came to into El Nenny in a position where where Jack hit it back to where it came from and Elneny opened his hips that's such a tiny little detail without a central midfielder opening his hips when he receives it from the wing you can't switch the field and Arsenal are scoring goal after goal and creating most of their opportunities by switching play hence the third goal which I know we're going to come on to here shortly right yeah no I mean before we get to the third goal which uh, you're going to go through for us Mike uh, 54th minute uh, Bellerin, when he got booked for rugby tackle in that fella, right? Now, fair enough. But when he put his arms out to say, what, 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 I don't even think it's a free kick, man. What do you mean? Fucking Jesus Christ. I mean, I've, I just thought, I've never, that was just a rugby tackle. Anyway, Mike, uh, we're going to get on to the, uh, the third and final goal. Uh, I mean, do you want to take it from, from the start of the build-up? Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I've only seen it once because, of course, the replays, I'm too busy running around the living room like we probably all were, right? <laughs> so I've got to go from, from memory. I do remember it was, yet again, playing out from the back, from the very, very back, nice and calm, composed. The piece that I remember, uh, beyond uh, El Nenny, I believe, opening his hips again, which really was helpful, was Lacazette because Lacazette um, had a very Lacazette game. It was good, bad and ugly, and uh, often when the ball comes into Lacazette, you see him struggle and fight, and this is how I, I close my eyes and think about Lacazette, I always see him fighting players, he doesn't seem to, nothing seems to, seem to come too easily for him, but he held that ball up and laid it off, and that set up uh, the next pass, which, and then we went to the switch across the field, and you know, other teams are going to have to consider what they do now against Arsenal, and this is nice, because it looks like we're getting so good at this playing out from the back, that if you allow us to do it and we get to the halfway line and then you've got the centre forward making that diagonal run, pulling the back two or three with him, leaving a Bamiang wide open. I mean, I don't know. I feel like it's almost like a 60-40 in a Bamiang's favour from 20-15 yards that he's going to put that in the far corner because he's done it, what, three or four times in the last six months? And so, how's that spin that shot? <laughs> he's mastered that thing. It's just the weirdest, like, it's like, you know, it just seems so gently. Effortless. Effortless. Gently effortless. It's just effortless. Yeah, it's effortless. Yeah. I mean, like I say, while we like to see goals like that, we've also got to bear in mind in the future that teams are going to 
sort of know really that he's going to start off on the left, we're going to be placing diagonal balls, and then he's going to cut inside and have a smack, right? Which, There's no he's done it anyway. Um, he's, he's, pushing them, he's pushing them away like Henri, mate. Do you know what I mean? Let's not fucking, let's not mince it about with that. What I actually liked about that movement is if you go back and freeze it, right, at the point he's, he's let go and he's had his shot, you've got Kieran Tierney running down the left, right? Mm-hmm. You've got Lacquer and I believe Maitland-Niles who are literally just queuing up for it as well. So it's not the fact that teams know how they can defend against that movement that we're doing in the future. It's the fact that there was options. He yeah. could have very, very easily done a slide to Tyranny. Tyranny could have whacked it across the middle. And we've got two players in the box as well. Yeah. Now, Paul, this, this, is, this is down to training, isn't it, Paul? This is down to they must be practising this, Paul. I, th- I think it's that, and it's also it's about belief, Gav. I think that um, if you know that you can hurtle forward and have five attacking players, you know, when the ball is up there and it's he- heading into their attacking third and you've got everybody bombing forward, it's because you know that you're not leaving the, the shop door open, you know what I mean, to be looted when you turn around. And I think it gives those attacking players like a sense of like, I'm going to be there, the back post, the far post, cut back, you know, in the box. I don't think there were any moments that we didn't have. Well, there was one. William had the ball on the break which was amazing because he played it out from the back and then they fouled him. But he looked up and it was like the first time in the game that I don't think that there was really any support for him. The rest of the time, everyone's there. And I mean, it's just confidence and um, belief, I think. 100%. I think the unpredictability, as we've kind of talked about, is a really important thing. And you, you've just said it, Gav. It's, if, it's not that Aubameyang... It's not that, every, you know, if you close Aubameyang down and there's anyone, Maitland-Niles, Tierney, maybe you've even got someone like um, Bellerin. You've got, you, there's so many, not Bellerin, um, someone like William, who's then playing, he played more centrally today. So let's just say he then overlaps. There's just so many different options that it's it's very difficult to defend against. And um, as I've, I've played goal in goal when I was um, younger, and you're always told to close the angle. So it's not like the keeper can even stand on the line because the ball's not right in the postage stamp. And so at first, when you look at that, you think, well, how's the keeper not sort of just, you know, let his defenders deal with it? But his defenders are screening and you naturally, you can't help yourself. You naturally come out to close the angles. And so then you've got a striker of Aubameyang's quality and he'll just put that away. Yeah, yeah no, I mean, I'm, I'm the same. And the thing, that, the thing that got me as well is the fact that if Aubameyang's coming off like that, and like I say, I mean, you know, the, that's got to be his favourite move. I mean, that, that's going to be his trademark goal. Signature. Exactly. Right. So the defender's actually going to have to get on the right side of him to block the right shot. How much fucking space is Tierney going to get? Is Kieran actually going to get down the left there? Do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? It, it, it's almost like a, you know, it's almost like a double bluff. It, it mm-hmm. really, really is. Anyway, I'll go through the rest of my notes on that I've put down for the rest for the rest of the game. Seventy fourth minute. William went off, uh, Pepe come on, 77th minute, uh, Abangian had a shot cleared off the line uh, after being forced wide by the keeper. Uh, 78th minute, Xhaka got off after being stepped on by who? Hector. Hector, yeah. And, uh, well, Danny come on. I thought Danny, mate, Danny looked lively, didn't he, Mike? Yeah, he did look lively. He, he, that little cheeky nutmeg, and he's full of confidence. I was surprised he didn't start, but I was—I uh, actually made a note myself that 
Uh, I love the fact that El Nenny started not because I'm in love with El Nenny and I, I do rate him higher beyond what other people do. But I like the fact that he played really well in the Community Shield and he got to start again because that sends a message. I can tell you as a coach, if you can if you can implement that, and you have to be very brave to do that. Is boys, if you play well in the game and you show up at practice as well, you will get to start and you'll hold your place no matter who, what your name is. And uh, the fact that um, that he started spoke to that accountability more to me than, than the name of Elneny or Savios or whoever it might be in the future. Yeah, I mean, I, I, like I say, I think that, I mean, obviously everybody saw there was a little altercation between Eddie and uh, uh, and Danny before the game. Uh, I'm putting that down to the, pair, the fact that both of them were a bit frustrated uh, that they weren't actually uh, starting. Mm. Uh, so I mean, I mean, Paul, do you think do you think they've both got a sort of a, a right to expect to start, or you, you agree with Mike here? Really, you got to earn your place, yeah. I think you got to earn your place with Arteta. You know, I really do. And I think also, I, you know, because Arteta is smart, I think that he there may be games where he will favour um, somebody else, and he'll make it quite clear to the player, "I'm playing this player in this game because I think from a tactic point of view, this is how we need to attack it." I think that he's got that kind of. Com- complexity and that ability to communicate that you know so I do think that there's going to be some rotation the games are still you know thick and fast um it's it's it's, it's going to be a tough season can I ask you a question uh, in regards to that do you, you know because the transfer window doesn't close for another three four weeks do you mm-hmm. think that Lafayette started to maintain or raise his value and interest in him because I know that goes on in the professional game coaches uh, either choose to do that themselves or the, the higher-ups uh, encourage them to play certain players so that their market value um, it goes up. And, of course, Lacazette will arguably go up a tad today if that even is a thing because he scored and played fairly well. What do you think, boys? I think not only Lacazette, it's not so much even Lacazette because I think he's going to be too pricey in this COVID market. I actually think El Elneny is in the shop window and he didn't have, he didn't do us any not not favors he didn't he didn't um do himself any problems in terms of you know if we're going to move him on and find a buyer that's exactly what we want we want to win and if we're going to put we're going to move on players because we need the money you know a performance like that from El Nenny not my favorite player I thought it was all right I thought he just did the basics well and he did well today and I was happy with that fine we move on but I think El Nenny shifting him on you know you just show him a highlights reel to any prospective buyer yeah, I mean- and then also Rob Holding because I think Rob Holding's going to move on as well. I think I didn't think he had the best long distribution game, but there's a couple of bits in there where he did all right. So you can say that they're Arsenal first choice players, and you're selling a first team player because they're playing in the yeah. first team. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't think they're being shop windowed at all. I think Lacazette and, and Alneni are those kind of Marmite players that that they get zero thanks. Um, um, you know, but they perform such a specific role. It's the dirty role. It's the one that doesn't get any of the glory, but it's the one, you know, it's those pivotal things, the little cog that works and beats. And I think Lacazette does it up front. He does more than enough of a job running around, disrupting um, the little things. He, you know, he's just very committed. And I think he's, I think he's at the moment, he's better than Eddie. We've got goal. We need goals to get anywhere in the Premier League. And I think Lacazette is more likely to get them. You know, I think he's a conference player and I think this is all helping for him. Um, Alneni, I think, is just one of those utility guys. I remember even when he was with our squad earlier, there were times that he came in and rescued us for, like, periods when we had major injuries. You know, I can't remember who they were, probably Ramsey, and, you know. Um, <laughs> but he came in and did a job, and, and, and you know, um, I think he's that guy. Yeah. And I think he knows you need them in the team. 
So. Yeah, I mean, I mean, like I say, I mean, we'll see. There's still probably about another three or four weeks in regards to the transfer window. Uh, the remaining notes I've got for this game is on the 82nd minute, there was yet another foul that could have been booked by... Hector. Hector, yeah. And in the 86th minute, Laka come off, Eddie come on for the remainder of the game. And I thought that actually the that Danny, Pepe and Eddie actually looked quite lively at the end. I think it was a little bit unlucky we didn't get the fourth. The game finished with us 55% commission, uh, 55% possession. Uh, Keown gave Gabriel man of the match. Uh, let's not chat about this because we're nearly up on the half an hour mark. Uh, but we'll just go one at a time. Man of the match, Paul. I think Gabriel. Yeah. Chris. William. Mike. Uh, William. It's a three-one pull, I'm afraid. We're going for William. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, could, yeah, I could see. No, I mean, nobody, nobody's going to disagree to Keown to his face, but like it's like Yanni is fucking right. <laughs> anyway, gentlemen, this has been half an hour in the Gunners Town pub after the game. Uh, it's just great. It's just I, I thought it was fucking brilliant. Anyway, yeah, a good start. Have a, have, a, have a good rest of the weekend, boys. Let's let's hope not fucking Tottenham lose. Yeah, up the Arsenal. Up the Arsenal. Come on, you guys. Oh.